Welcome to the Manor. Will and welcome to the twin will be on Terrace Macabre. Will and be on Manor of more meat on metal on take a will of mayhem be. I'm Seamus X, the zero nothing, just back from my visit to Eroticon 6, where I spent several days with Eccentrica Galambits, where she said I was the best bang since Sable Beeblebrox. I would have stayed longer, but I had to be along my fruity way before I was arrested for using Flavian Pobble beads in a very interesting way with her. What can I say? After two pan-galactic gargle blasters, it seemed like a good idea at the time. Unfortunately, the drink cushioned my system, so I can sit down right now. <clears throat> we are going to get a mention in the new version of the guide with the paragraph of her ex exploits being added to chapter 84. I mean, welcome to the Twin Dares Macabre <laughs> Metal Mayhem. I'm James. I am speechless. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm Jody. I don't know how to respond to that. That was, that was brilliant, actually. <laughs> I, I, I like that. That was very well done, James. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ah, you Spanish Inquisition me there. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Just like I wasn't expecting Eccentrica to use those Flavian bubble beads like she did. <laughs> As we get going, I mentioned Pan Galactic Arco Blasters. Where are you drinking? I am. Uh, I'm having a Hofbrau Dunkel. Nice. Yeah, I've never had this before, or if I have, it was never entered it into the app that shall not be named. <laughs> no, this is this is good. I I gave it a four. You know, it's it's good. I like it. I do like Dunkels, and I do like Hofbrau. It's nice, not too heavy, a little, little crisp. I am having out of recognition of this episode. A gin, gin, and tonics. All right. I may have done a double shot of gin, which is why it's a gin, <laughs> gin, and tonics. And if the episode goes long enough, I've got an Iron Maiden beer. Uh, see, I'll have to go get a second beer if we go that long. Yeah, we'll just see where we're at. Yeah. What is up with the intro and why the gin, gin, and tonics and everything? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're here today to talk about democracy and freedom and Things like that. Wait, what? <laughs> Zay vote Zay fod Beeblebrox for... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually was starting to work out that on guitar, and I was going to... Uh, I had the verses changed for us a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we're going to do another one this year on some of the songs, like as a special, so maybe by okay. then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyway, two years ago, did a huge week-long, like four or five episode series on the 42nd anniversary of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. Because it originally came out, the very first first radio series is when we put out the first actual episode two years ago in 2020. Because mm -hmm. um, it turned 42, 42 being... The, the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Yes, but what's the actual question? <laughs> Fuck if I know. <laughs> Actually, that is, you mentioned it because I've listened to those episodes and prep for this. You mentioned the reason why we can't know. And uh, if we get to the tertiary stage, it's also mentioned. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 42 is the answer to life, the universe and everything. Nobody knows the question because they cannot coexist in the same universe at the same time without canceling each other out. So we, yeah, we did several things. We talked to a couple uh, of our listeners, had a special couple guests, and we, we, we had two long episodes ourselves. I think it's just four. Mm -hmm. Want some more background on that? You should go listen to those from the primary phase. Well, what it covered the primary phase, 
book one, the TV yep. series, and the movie. <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> those all were pretty much about the same topic with a bit of overlap. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about how we're going to do this. I had a few background notes, I guess, if if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, then we'll talk about the radio series in the book. Okay. A lot of background information from two years ago. Go listen to those if you've not a clue about Hitchhiker's Guide. Yep. So uh, we're going to talk about the two parts of the Hitchhiker's Guide that came out 42 years ago because it's another 42nd anniversary. Woo! But this one's for the secondary phase of the radio show. And yeah. the second book, Restaurant at the End of the Universe. It's, it's kind of a, like where we're doing it, sort of an odd because uh, the secondary phase radio show Mm-hmm. Fit the seventh, uh, because they call them fits instead of episodes, actually came out as a Christmas episode on December 24th. The, the fits eight through 12 all came out the week of January 21st through the 25th, once a day in uh-huh. 1980. The book was released October 1980 in the UK, so 42 years ago, mm-hmm. but then January 1981 in the US and by Pan Books, so it's slightly off there. So most of it's 42nd anniversary this year. and. And the two parts aren't average out to still being 42. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how math works that way. <laughs> Damn mathematicians. You're all <laughs> assholes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we are. So I've got just, a, I think, three paragraphs. Uh, in the primary phase, I had a bunch of things I pulled from some of his autobiographies and, and different things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've got four snippets from those books and okay. a little note that says, well, quick background from Brace Books, and there's a lot more of this in the primary phase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Douglas Adams, author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, worked on Doctor Who for 15 months. During the course of this time, he wrote the first Hitchhiker's book, the second radio series, the theatrical adaptation, produced Black Cinderella 2 Goes East, and acted as script editor, writer, and rewrite man for The Doctor. At the end of this time, he had, much to surprise, and no doubt everyone else is surprised, not gone mad, <laughs> become prone to fits or to throwing himself off tall buildings. And by this time, Hitchhikers was enough of a success for Douglas to give up the only proper job he had held for more than a few months. So he did. Hmm. On Monday, 21st January 1980, at 10.30 p.m., the second series of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy went on the air. Mm-hmm. It was heralded by a cover feature in the BBC television and radio listings magazine, Radio Times. It is almost unheard of for a radio program to get such exposure, despite the name of the magazine. And the five <laughs> episodes are broadcast at the same time every evening through the week, and this caused problems. <laughs> begin with, as already detailed at length, as we detailed back when we did our episodes two years yes. ago. Mm-hmm. In 1979, Douglas was under a great deal of pressure as far as other work commitments were concerned, and his normal tendency to put off writing until the last deadline had safely passed was displayed in full when it came to getting the scripts written. However, when he had agreed to produce the second radio series, Jeffrey Perkins had taken this into account. Perkins went on holiday in September 1979, and before leaving, spoke to David Hatch, controller of Radio 4, about the new series. Hatch wanted to know if they could have the second series of Hitchhikers ready to be broadcast in January, Mm -hmm. because there had already been the seventh episode of Hitchhikers, the Christmas special, put on 20th November 1978. And broadcast on Christmas Eve, it had been recorded as a one-off, but basically taken the plot strands from the end of episode six, uh, where everybody was either stranded or dead, tried to wrap things up, 
And that is where we will start in a moment. But I will say with this last blurb from the Neil Gaiman book on Douglas Adams, the restaurant at the end of the universe is Douglas Adams' favorite of the Hitchhiker's books. Although the circumstances under which it was written were somewhat less than ideal and they were to be far from unique. But yeah, the, the restaurant at the end of the universe is the second book in the that trilogy of six books. <laughs> uh-huh. It is a sequel, haha, because it's a second book. <laughs> That's great writing there. <laughs> uh, it was originally published. Brilliant. <laughs> so genius. Uh, published by Pam Books as a paperback in 1980. It was actually inspired by the song Grand Hotel by British rock band Procol Harum. The title refers to Millieways, the restaurant at the end of the universe, one of the settings in the book. Mm hmm. So yeah, I'll just start going over my notes because I only made a few things. If you think this is interesting and funny, just read it and listen to it and watch it. Yes. I love the fact that they do a seance in the sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's necessary because beginning of the book, they're getting zapped by Vogons and they can't go away because Arthur got irritated that serious cybernetics corporation, Nutramatic, could not make a decent cup of tea. Mm-hmm. What it gives you is something that tastes not quite entirely unlike tea. <laughs> he talked about bone china cups and the East India tea trade and everything. And the ship had to shut down all of its systems to try to work out how to make tea. So they did a seance to try to try to save themselves. Where they got Zaphod's grandfather, Zaphod Beeblebrox. The fourth. Zaphod's all, which is for my intro when I said Seamus X, uh, the zero nothing. X comes from Ford, not knowing how to pronounce his name. And, <laughs> and the nothing comes from here because Zaphod's ancestor, because of a issue with time travel and contraception. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got the quote here. There was an accident with a contraceptive and a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why his grandfather is <laughs> the, the fourth. And, and Zaphod's all like, what do you mean? I'm the Zaphod. You're Zaphod zero. You're the nothing. <laughs> He also has the line, life is wasted on the living. <laughs> <laughs> so excellent. Grandpa's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Your grandmother and I are doing just fine up here. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Grandma. <laughs> no, but it's good. And, you know, they're, they're going to look for the guy who controls the universe because obviously everybody thinks the guy who controls everything's horrible. Just yeah. so you know. If I had to choose somebody to control the universe, it would be this dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have many notes on him, but it's awesome. Probably my best favorite bit in the book, in the book, although it is in there in the radio series, too. It's uh, the book on this part is where Zaphod goes into the total perspective vortex. Yes. Which is a way to sort of break his brain and, and everything. And as we go along, I'll see if Jody wants to give more on the background of why he's there, but. It, it, I like the book's version better than the radio series, but the, the best line in there is when he tells uh, Gargrafar, the custodian, mm -hmm. told me what I expected. The universe told me I'm a really great and amazing guy. <laughs> yeah. I, my, my note on that was the total perspective vortex and Zaphod's ego. Who will win? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm always going to put my money on Zaphod. <laughs> Always, always bet on Faye unless it's the ponies. Always bet on Zaphod unless it's the total perspective vortex. <laughs> unless he's in an alternate or a, a simulated universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's Zarniwoop? Where's Zarniwoop? He's in his office. All right. 
You can't see him though. He's on an intergalactic cruise. What? <laughs> I don't, I won't probably have much on that. So read the book. <laughs> yeah. I don't have anything on that. <laughs> By the way, the gurgling you hear is making another gin, gin and tonics. Anyway, amongst their travels, they finally make it to the restaurant uh, because the, the total perspective vortex is on Frogstar B, the planet of Milliways, and they move in time and not space. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, but we talked a fair bit about the restaurant in the primary phase notes because it was in the TV series. Yes, it was. And I, isn't it in the, it's in the radio drama too, yeah, right? It's in the primary phase of the radio drama. Yeah, because I was like, the secondary phase of the radio drama picks up like right after they've left. Yes. Yeah. With a weird caveat, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. And of course, Hot Black, Dizioto stunt ship, which I mentioned in the primary phase. Mm-hmm. Could it be any more black? <laughs> Final tap reference. Yep. And Zaphod goes, that, that is just really bad for the eyes, which is like spinal tap being bad for the ears. <laughs> it's the really wild color scheme that freaks me out, said Zaphod, whose love affair with the ship had lasted almost three minutes into the flight. Every time we try and operate, these weird black controls that are labeled in black on a black background, a little black light lights up in black to let you know you've done it. <laughs> And you remember my nerdum convincing, right? Red Dwarf. I'm trying to get you to watch yeah, it. Yeah. There is an episode where they all have to evacuate the ship because there are like multiple black holes out there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, of course, part of the thing is that's the thing, isn't it? You're in space three million years and there aren't any black holes. And suddenly there are five. When, when, when they're close, they're all like, how did we get so close to them? And the ship's computer, Holly goes, well, the thing about a black hole, its main distinguishing feature is it's black. And the thing about space, the color of space, your basic space color is black. So, so how are you supposed to see them? And then, of course, we find out there aren't black holes at the end. And, and she goes, well, there's grit on the scanner. And the thing about grit is it's black. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, just, just a connection. <laughs> and of course, Marvin says he can read the answer in Arthur's brain because I'm surprised you can live in anything so small. <laughs> I'm trying not to give too many spoilers, but if we get the spoilers, it's been 42 years. <laughs> yeah. But Zaphod and Trillian do make it to the ruler, which is, which is great that you get to see how cool he is. Mm-hmm. And I uh, just want to say at the end of writing each book, and I, this may have quoted in the primary phase episodes, but Adams didn't think he'd write another. He kept saying that each time. <laughs> right, and this one, you can really tell that the ending with Ford and Arthur and prehistoric earth that he's really trying to wrap things up. <laughs> uh, but that is, those are Boha. <laughs> my notes on the book until we get to, Oh wait, check this out. Listen to this. I'm assuming you can hear it. I can hear it. I'm getting a spam call, but I downloaded the second of the three songs. We'll talk about when we get to that episode journey of the sorcerer. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that in the primary phase, but we'll go more into detail coming up. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's that's what I have on the book uh, until I get to differences, and okay. which I prefer on different things. So in the book, it was Trillian and Zaphod that went to meet the guy that was behind everything. Yes. Because that was that's one of the notes I've got here is that she's not in the secondary phase, and I'm disappointed. Yeah, I actually tried to find why she was written out. I couldn't find anything because they had another female character. Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, I don't know where you want to go with that. 
just expressing my disappointment that Trillian was not in secondary phase of the radio drama. Kind because of I like I like the character, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, it's probably because the first experience I had with anything Hitchhikers related was the movie and Zoe Deschanel. Is, She's awesome. Yeah, and that's I mean that that's who I always picture when I think of the characters. So. Yeah, it's, it's weird because yeah, instead of her, there's Lentilla. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of odd. And and yeah, in the book, it's only Zaphod and Trillian and Zarni Whoop who make it to the, the ruler. And then what the radio series, it's, it's Ford, Arthur, Lentilla, and Zaphod mm-hmm. who make it there. And Zarni Whoop. And Zarni Whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> it's, it's almost as cool as Slotty Bartfast. <laughs> Slotty Bartfast? <laughs> yeah. Told you not to ask. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I mean, this may be mostly you. I've got like some background notes on on it, but most of my I, come when I talk about the differences. I mean, I can go through what I got. Yeah, yeah, do that. Okay, so the the secondary phase of the radio drama, you know, like I said, Trillian's not in it. There's there's this line: the best way not to be unhappy is not to have a word for it. In the first episode, they they actually, and I I think this was kind of just kind of rehashing from the the primary phase and first book and everything. Ford explaining the the various uses of the towel but uh yeah that's in there so i i, I don't know if it was just kind of refresh everybody's memory or <laughs> <laughs> you know Zephod had a really great line i'm so cool you could keep a side of beef in me for a whole month guys <laughs> they're so unhip surprise your bums don't fall off yeah briefly introduces the character rooster and his towel or maybe it was rooster that was explaining the towel because yeah. i know rooster offers uh, Zaphod, you know, like wheat germ extract on one end, but I can't remember yeah. if it's the radio series or the book. <laughs> I think it was in the radio series. I think it's both then. Uh, yeah, because I do remember that. Uh, episode two had more on towels. It introduces the body debit card. Oh, I like that. That's the well, yeah. yeah. That's not in the book at all. That's neat. Yeah, it's it's a it's a debit card. Only it transacts your body from one place to another. <laughs> uh, moving on to episode three of the secondary phase the vogons might have had another reason to destroy the earth hmm. oh, yeah, yeah. interesting yeah that actually matches better with the major motion picture release yeah yeah i just i loved this my, my note was brain care specialist <laughs> that guy like, like, yeah yeah it's uh it's basically a psychiatrist but they they use that term uh, actually they use both terms Huh. And I just thought when he talks about Zaphod, he sh- should actually call himself a brains care specialist. Yes, he should. Yeah. Uh, so going back, the, the Vogons uh, want to eliminate any survivors from the destruction of Earth. Hmm. Why? Hmm. That's an interesting thing. Yes. What's that have to do with psychologists and psychiatrists? Hmm. <laughs> uh, my next note is share and enjoy. Share and enjoy. The radio series, the fact that they actually do the ditties and stuff uh-huh. is, is awesome. <laughs> so uh, so I don't, I don't remember. I didn't write down what, what uh, was it? Was that one of the serious cybernetic offices or something? Yeah, the serious cybernetic offices. They, they had Sharon and Joy written out in big letters and it fell through and crushed a bunch of promising executives. Yeah, so they, the letters were three miles tall until they, they you know, sunk into the 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 ground and and destroyed those offices and the what was left above ground in one language 
translated to go stick your head in a pig. Yeah, go stick your head in a pig. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah in, the, in, the, in that planet's local language, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and of course, because they don't have this in the book, they do the jingle with the robots. Yes. And they actually do share and enjoy, and they do a what a flattened fifth off from I the think music. So. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds horrible, but they actually can share and enjoy. And then at the end, stick your head in head a pig. In a pig. <laughs> <laughs> Episode four. I messaged you this. You didn't respond to it. Huh. This marble is as slippery as this marble. I probably had not listened to that episode for a while. I was like, <laughs> the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> if I ignore him, he'll just go away. <laughs> it's like putting a towel around your eyes so the ravenous bug bladder beast of trawl doesn't see you. And it's so dumb. Thinks <laughs> yeah. that you, can't, you can't see it. It can't see you. <laughs> I, I'll actually explain what the marble thing is here in a minute or a second. There, there was this, this line. Arthur encountered a, um, a giant bird <laughs> who, who told him if the good Lord had meant us to walk, he would have given us sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he shows Arthur the 15 mile tall statue of Arthur throwing a cup. The statue and the cup are made of marble. The heart of gold had and probably wound up inside the cup. And that's where Zaphod made the reference about this marble is as slippery as this marble. Because marble is slippery. Yes, marble is slippery. I, I, so I had a question. I have an answer. Is ultra golf ever explained like how to play it? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. But it's mentioned. Yeah, yeah the, the nearest thing they get to explaining of a sport is Brockian ultra cricket. But even oh. then, it's not a huge explanation. <laughs> yeah. There was a Monty Python moment in episode four. Uh, probably. You're going to no, have to know. No, there down. was. Bring out your dishwashers. <laughs> <laughs> Belgium. <gasps> oh, my, I did declare my ears. <laughs> some of these are better without context. Maybe some with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Belgium is the world's or the universe's worst word to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Towels can be harmful if swallowed in large quantities. <laughs> Going on to episode five, I, I, Tilla and, and clones, the, the, the explanation for why there were how many clones of Lintilla? <laughs> 500 million something. I, it, was, it was a large number. The explanation's priceless. So that's. Oh. Yeah, so they, they took, they took Trillian out and they put Lintilla in, who yeah. is an archaeologist, technically but actually started as a clone for an escort service. Yeah. <laughs> you know, are you going to get, I love the explanation. Are you going to, are you going to say it? Well, basically it was, uh, it was a malfunction with the machine. It would, um, they couldn't turn the machine off because it would start making a new clone before it was done with the previous clone. And if they turned it off, then it would kill the clone. And it was ethically, they couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Even though lawyers tried to work out the law. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, Zaphod had another great line. I'm going to pray, man. Know any good religions? <laughs> no. <laughs> My next note is shoes. So shoes comes from Douglas Adams having a hard, the whole shoe economic theory. Yeah. Comes from <laughs> Douglas Adams having a hard time finding shoes that fit his feet. <laughs> Yeah, because then, yeah, because the, there was a the whole thing with the shoe economy and the shoe event horizon. That was. Yeah, if you're an economics nerd, it's actually quite interesting. Yeah. 
not quite up there with the Sam Vimes economic theory of boots, but it's really good. Yeah. Then there was this line, revoked, K-I-L-L-E-D, revoked. <laughs> Person in charge of the shoes was sort of a bit of a doof. <laughs> yeah. The, the explanation for the shoe event horizon, the, um, the economics lesson with the, with the teacher and the student, and then the student, can I press the button? Picture a future where it's more, well, you don't have to. It's a virtual learning environment like everybody's had to do the past two years. Yeah. You're hooked up to what's obviously some sort of endorphin chemical rush. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when you get to push the button, wee hoo 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 And at the end of the lesson, he gets to push it and the, and the teacher gets to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> thanks, teach, thanks. Aren't you forgetting something? <laughs> oh, yeah, here you go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> And that part's not in the book. So it's... <laughs> um, then there was this exchange between Zaphod and Ford. When Zaphod starts it, you know what I'm thinking? No, neither do I. <laughs> Episode six, small lemon soaked paper napkins. <laughs> Are you going to go into more detail? Nope. Because I, I feel like we should. Because that by itself. Okay, imagine, go ahead. Imagine that you're on an airplane and they can't take off until they have their supply of lemon soaked paper napkins. Yes. But imagine that the world you're on has collapsed around them because of the shoe event horizon <laughs> and you've been put in suspended animation for hundreds of years, only wake up every decade for tea and cookie mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and they won't take off because probability says eventually society will come back and there will be lemon soaked paper napkins. <laughs> That's also where they find Zarni Whoop, isn't it? On the ship? Yes. In in the radio, yeah. And both, both, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So th- this is a quote from, from the guide. It is a well-known and much, much lamented fact that those people who most want to rule people are ipso facto the least suited to do it. Truer words have never been spoken. Yes, that one I am down with at all times. Yes. I'm not even sure that's funny. No, but I love it. <laughs> to summarize the summary of the summary, people are a problem. <laughs> and that's funny and true. <laughs> yes. Um, and my last note was, holy Belgium. I was taking a drink of water. <laughs> my second uh, gin and tonic and almost spewed. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> Yeah, Belgium actually comes in more in the third book in the book series. They talk mm-hmm. about it in book three. So you get that in the radio series now. Yeah. They start uh, aligning a lot, except for like the Belgium thing is a little different because mm-hmm. they, they fit it into the third book. That's not because it's already in the secondary phase. So it's not the tertiary. Yeah. And so to answer the question of life, the univ- or sorry, to answer the question <laughs> about books and yeah, the once you get to the tertiary phase, those all come out after the books. Uh, the okay. third book comes out in 82, fourth book comes out in 92, uh, but the tertiary phase, the radio doesn't come out till 2004. Really? Yeah. So wow. Quite a bit later, which I yeah. thought it was later because I know Dirk Maggs helped out quite a bit with setting it up and he's done a bunch of, bunch. so I may have a note about him, but he's done a bunch yeah. of things. The, the Dirk Gently Detective Agency, which is another Douglas Adams thing. And my little notes... Uh, well, okay, I've got a few. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And so the secondary phase all came out in the same week. So they had to keep things really going. So it was extremely rushed compared to the primary phase. The first airing actually had fewer sound effects. They used a lot of wind and then got to go back and fix it. So if you listen to it now, it, it doesn't sound so bad. Yeah. In the final scene, the actors had to do it without reading any prep because of the timing. So they had to do it on the, the first take and they had to read it live as they're going. And they're like, oh, that's where my line comes in <laughs> because Adams was so far behind in getting it written and they did the writing and had the copies on onion skin. So they had to keep it from making the crinkling sound when they would read and turn the page. Nice. And you know who Jonathan Price is, right? I, the name sounds familiar. So he's, he's been in a lot. He's been in Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Okay. Uh, he was a, and I'm just going to mention the things that we've mentioned in the podcast, but he's a villain in James Bond tomorrow never dies. Okay. He was the High Sparrow in Game of Thrones and, ah. and Mr. Dark in Ray Bradbury's Disney's Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh, cool. And he was supposed to voice the ruler of the universe, but Adams wasn't done with the script yet. So he's asked if he'd like to voice the speaking door and then Zorni Whoop. And hmm. he's also been credited with the autopilot as well, because every time he would do, he'd be like, well, he's not quite ready. Why don't you do this part? He'd be like, all right. No, he's still not quite ready. You want to do this part? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and when the script was finished, the only person in the studio was Stephen Moore, who voices Marvin, who got to voice the ruler of the universe. <laughs> Besides the differences, I, I was going to mention this when you did the Sharon and Joy song. Mm -hmm. So Patty Kingsland, who I mentioned in the primary phase, mm -hmm. he, again, did the all the music and special effects. Because okay. he, he was uh, in Radiophonic Workshop, which we discussed. Uh -huh. And not only did music for this, but I just wanted to mention he did incidental music for several episodes of Doctor Who in the early 1980s. Cool. Uh, it was for the fourth Doctor, Tom Baker, which is the same Doctor that Douglas Adams wrote for. But I looked and none of the episodes overlapped. Ah. And he also did the music for a couple of Michael Palin for Monty Python's uh, travel shows. If anybody's watched Paranormal Activity 4, he did some music for that. He's worked on SpongeBob SquarePants. Ah, I like SpongeBob. So differences. And Jody's already mentioned a few of these. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that Millie Ways is on two different planets. <laughs> yeah. The Magrathea, if you're reading the book, and Frogstar, if you're doing the radio series, because they had to write it in a way that they were on a certain planet at the time they go to the restaurant. <laughs> yep. Total perspective vortex. And the total perspective vortex is custodian. So the, the custodian is the same. In the book, you get more of the, the background of it. But in the radio series, you actually get to hear some evil person who's torturing Zaphod on the way there. Yeah. Which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> I should have made notes on that. That was, that was great. Yeah. It goes with the time slip credit body slide thing Jody was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Planets are different for the... Uh, avian creatures, Brontotil versus Frogstar. Mm -hmm. And it is weird to, to hear Lentil as the female lead when you've read the books and watched the TV movie well before the radio show. Uh, that, yeah. And as some footnotes for Trillion Things, mm -hmm. in the footnotes to the radio scripts, producer Jeffrey Perkins notes, in earlier drafts, the character was called Goofic. And before that, Smoodle. And before that, she was a man. <laughs> Of course, she was written out of the show with the explanation that she was forcibly married to the president of the Algolian chapter of the Galactic Rotary Club. <laughs> uh, and, I, and I did look. I couldn't find any reason to see why 
Adams wrote her out and, hmm. and put Lintilla in there. Uh, but yeah, the, the all-black spaceship from the primary phase is an invasion fleet. Well, the all-black spaceship in, book, in the book is the stunt ship for Hot Black Desioto. Mm-hmm. And I love the old man in the shack. And here we go. Yeah. So Jody, this is where Jody mentioned. Should I give the spoiler? Sure. Yeah. So the radio series is a bit more upfront about how the Earth was to be blown up to help psychiatrists and was approved by Zaphod. Uh, the book mentions this for psychiatrists, not so much for Zaphod, but the movie mentions Zaphod signing the order. Yeah, and but if, if I remember right in the movie, he didn't entirely realize what he was signing. No, no idea. He thought he yeah. was, I think, autographing something. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason to destroy it all, that the psychiatrists, because they don't want healthy people, they want to keep making money by messed up people. Yep. And of course, the innings get switched around with being either stranded on prehistoric Earth or who's talking to the old man who runs the universe and who gets mm-hmm. left behind talking to the old man who runs the universe. Yeah. And it's always Zarni Whoop, but yeah, it's other people too. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to say, everybody else just kind of left and left Zarni Whoop there with the old man <laughs> and his cat. Well, that was in the book. In the secondary phase, it was Arthur and I almost say it Antilla because that's, it's Lintilla because Atnil is the male clone who, <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, Arthur and Lintilla leave and Zaphod and Ford and Zarni Whoop are left, right? uh yeah but i think didn't didn't zaphod and ford follow after arthur after that or no i guess they didn't really no they they cleared all that up because yeah in third tertiary phase they wrap it all together by saying zaphod at a certain point had a psychotic break or actually a pair of psychotic breaks because (laughs) he has two heads and two brains Uh uh-huh and so most of what happened in series two really didn't happen huh although one of the things I, I wish would have happened that must not have happened mm-hmm. was so Jody, you had mentioned the statue mm-hmm. Arthur didn't throwing the cup, but that the cup isn't attached to anything and it's miles up in the air. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about I was gonna mention that and I forgot. <laughs> and why does it get to defy gravity? Art. Art. Just <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>, art. It's <laughs> a great explanation though. <laughs> I have preferences. Okay. So reasons why I prefer the books. Okay. The, the endings are a little less cliffhangery. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, the, in the primary phase, in the book, they successfully flee Magrathea and are going to go eat. Woohoo! Yay! Hey, Earthman, are you hungry? <laughs> <laughs> and, and on the radio, Fort Arthur on prehistoric Earth and Zaphod and Trillian are eaten by a transformed bug bladder beast. Uh-huh. So the radio is more cliffhangery or semi cliffhanger semi fuck everybody you're screwed <laughs> yeah and in the secondary phase in the book ford and arthur are stranded on prehistoric earth so kind of screwed there but at least zaphod and trillian find the ruler of the universe yeah and in the secondary phase the ending of the radio series arthur and until until i keep saying wanting to say litnil <laughs> backwards because <laughs> that's something uh, yeah. they leave everybody else on the ruler's planet yeah but the radio i prefer because i love the waveform collapsing in the second radio uh the secondary phase when they talk about waveform collapsing that's just a nerdy physics thing that they get to talk about and the rescue of ford and arthur by zaphod because of a towel being trapped and then blown up two million years later and found by the improbability drive yes 
That's brilliant. <laughs> it's great. I mean, they had to figure out a way for them to get off prehistoric Earth from the radio series mm-hmm. Primary Face, and it, how they did it was just awesome. Yeah. Hey guys, that was genius. Zone your towel into lava, so when the Earth blows up, I'll find it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, and and oh, and I already mentioned the evil Frog Star person's hysterical. Yes. Are you hungry, Zayfod? Yeah, I'm hungry. How about some steak and wine? Yeah, that'd be great. Steak and wine, sure. Get the water hoses. <laughs> yeah, those, those are my, my preference. I know I like them both. I like them both yeah. very much. I just like some for one reason and some for the other, and they both kick ass. Yeah, I, um, I, I will try to read the third book before we do that one down the road. I, unfortunately, I've only read the books once through and uh it's just it's easier for me to do the radio dramas (laughs) yeah you can do them in your car (laughs) yeah you know they're half hour episodes usually about six episodes a season or a a series and you know three hours (laughs) true i like i did read the book for this prepping for this too and i'll probably read it the third one again too when when we get ready for it because i i just they're one of my like all-time favorite series i i loved it i just haven't gotten back around to reading it again i mean they've done four different media forms radio book te- television and, and the feature film and video games oh yeah well see i haven't seen any of the video games but yeah you're right they did do video games no, so but i i mean <laughs> just just out of the out of those four that that, that that i've i've in some way what's the damn word i'm looking for <laughs> enjoyed liked had sex with well i was gonna say i've enjoyed them all um preferred had sex with I, no 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 consumed yeah had sex with <laughs> you consume media there you go that's what i'm trying to say so the, the the book you know read the book listen to the radio watch the tv and, and the movie and uh i i've enjoyed all of them for different reasons um i don't know that i like one more than the other uh, it's awesome I, I i'm just i the with the movie what disappointed me was they only did the one <laughs> I'm hoping the TV series will be, and I know there's all sorts of hatred for the movie out there and Hitchhiker's fandom, but I liked it. And if the TV series ends up being at least that good yeah, or better, I'll be ecstatic. Anyway, Millieways. If you've done five impossible things today, why not wrap it up with the trip to Millieways restaurant at the end of the universe? Yeah. I, I'm good, I, but we can keep talking about it. I just don't have any other notes. Um, I, I don't either. All right, then. Go watch the movie or the BBC show or listen to the secondary phase or primary phase first if you've not done any or read right. the books or yeah. you know, go, go enjoy some hitchhikers. Or, or find out how to get a hold of the game and play it on the computer. Go to bbc.com and just look for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy game. Is it on there? Cool. Yes, I told you that during the primary phase and you said you're going <laughs> to check it out. Man, that was two years ago. <laughs> I know, and you still haven't done it. I forgot. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, I will hopefully remember. <laughs> I'm not going to hold my breath. I wouldn't. <laughs> nope. Because the chances of me holding my breath long enough to be rescued by a passing starship after being tossed out of a Vogon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those odds are out there somewhere. They are. And it's a telephone number for a flat in Islington. <laughs> 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 all right. Anyway, go enjoy that. While you're enjoying us. Yeah. 
not sure how that came out anyway, but I, I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> but while you're at it, rate us, review us, share us, all that stuff. Until next time, I'd just like to say, don't panic. Comforting, wisest thing anybody's ever written on a book for somebody who's found their planet has just blown up and they're in a Vogon constructor ship <laughs> with a person from Beetlejuice who you originally thought was just an actor from Guilford. <laughs> yep. Plus, I'm James. <laughs> I'm Jody. And we'll talk to you later. Life. Don't talk to me about life. <laughs> on that note. Bye. <laughs> the Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Mute. <laughs> no. You're in good hands because we're just like Arthur also, and we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I, I don't know if you still have to take care of your door. <laughs> They went away, so I don't know, and I don't know how much of that you could hear, so. <laughs> oh, actually, uh, nothing, really. Okay, good. All I could hear was your door going, thank you, have a good day. <laughs> Damn serious cybernetic doors. <laughs> I tried to find it, and I wonder if they changed it because of Burger Chef being a huge chain in America at the time. At, at the time it was, yeah. I love Burger Chef. Oh, yes. I had my bottle in hand. I just didn't take a drink. <laughs> I just hope it's the bottle. <laughs> it's the bottle. Hope I'm all potato Europe. No tomato Europe. <laughs> Try not to whack my hands or anything else. <laughs> any Things like uh, the name of people and uh, freedom and, uh, I don't know, democracy, stuff like that. <laughs> Woo! Come on! Take for the people, rights not president. Yeah.